Good morning, everyone. This begins another day for another day's journey. This morning, I'm going to expand on the message from last week, uh, which was entitled, What Does the Lord Require of Us? Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 says this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The word for today is to love mercy. If I were you, my question would be, what is love and what is mercy? And how can I know anything about mercy without love? One of the definitions for love, according to Webster, means this. It means unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of others. This is what I call the watered-down version of love for the Christian. The word mercy means compassion, shown especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power. We love to keep people under our power, don't we? In other words, you can do something about someone's situation, but will you do it? My personal definition is this. To love mercy is to love the God who showed mercy towards me. He showed compassion for a sinner like me. That's mercy. He saw my faults, yet despite my faults, he saw my needs. That's mercy. He knew I deserved punishment, but had mercy on me. He gave his life for me and patiently waited for me to fill his tug and to hear his voice. He told me through his word that he will never leave me nor forsake me. That's mercy. He didn't have to die for my sins, but he did. That's grace and that's mercy. This same God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, enables me to love and to show mercy towards others. He helps me to see the faults of others and love them unconditionally. Why? Because he did it for me. He helps me to look at persons who deliberately do wrong and not judge their actions. He enables me to walk alongside them on this journey we call life. Why? Because he walks with me. He helps me to not give up on others when they keep missing the mark because he doesn't give up on me. What else does mercy look like? It looks like a person in need of a coat and someone having a coat to give and giving it. Mercy looks like a drug addict or an alcoholic wanting help and someone reaching out to help, not judging their condition. Mercy looks like posting bail for someone you know who is guilty, yet extending the assistance for a second chance. Mercy looks like being mistreated, yet loving without retaliation. Mercy looks like someone needing a meal and someone providing a meal, regardless of the circumstances. 
What does the Lord require of us? Jesus said, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with a trumpet to be honored by others. He also said, when you give to the needy, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. What does the Lord require of us? God's love sees our wrong, but is willing to forgive and expect the same from us. Jesus speaks to us in Matthew and says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What does the Lord require? He requires that we speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment, according to James chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about what the Lord does not require. The Lord does not want us to look down on others. The Lord does not want us to help someone and expect a return paycheck. The Lord does not want us to cross the street when we notice a person laying in the street needing help. The Lord does not want us to watch a family get put out on the street and not try to assist. James gives us a scenario in chapter 2. He says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Mercy says, if you see a need, you help. The Lord does not want for us to always pass the buck by way of a referral. Sometimes he says, you do it. Mercy is lovingly going the extra mile with someone, even when they're wrong, and trusting God for their deliverance. Mercy is compassion. Mercy is empathy. And mercy also helps. I think most of us are familiar with the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread and plenty of leftovers. We know it as the miracle of multiplication. Right before this story in the Gospels, we read about Jesus sending his 12 disciples forth with authority to tell of the good news of Jesus and to touch and to heal and to deliver those with whom they come in contact with. They came back to Jesus being real spiritual, telling him about how they had preached the gospel and healed the sick everywhere they went. Jesus had just heard about the beheading of John the Baptist and was looking for a place to be alone. So Jesus invited the disciples to come with him to get some rest. Well, the crowd found out where Jesus was going and they followed him. In the gospel, according to Matthew, We learn that it was a large crowd, and they followed Jesus on foot. Matthew tells us that Jesus had compassion on them and healed the sick. In the gospel according to Mark, we learn that when Jesus saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them. In the gospel according to Luke, we learn that he welcomed the crowds and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. 
The Gospel according to John tells us that Jesus saw the crowd coming and asked Philip up front, Where shall we buy the bread for the people to eat? He was testing Philip. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the twelve were telling Jesus to send the people away so that they, meaning the people, could go and buy themselves something to eat because it was getting late. In other words, they were saying to Jesus, Let every man be for himself. How many of us have said that before? Every man for himself, or every woman for herself. In other words, what we're saying is, you're on your own. It's easy for us to dismiss people after we've done the spiritual thing, isn't it? We've witnessed to them, we've laid hands on them and prayed for them, asking God to bless them and provide them with everything that they stand in the need of. And then we send people on their way, and we say this, Call me if you need me, when the need is really right in front of us. But Jesus told the twelve, They don't need to go away. You feed them. Well, the disciples started complaining about the cost. They said to Jesus that it would take eight months of wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them? In the gospel according to Luke, they said this to Jesus. We only have five loaves of bread and two fishes, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. Jesus' disciples never said they didn't have the money. They were just complaining about the cost. Does this sound like some of us? We don't mind praying for you. We don't mind witnessing about how the Lord fed us when we didn't have any food and how he kept the lights on when we knew that they were supposed to be turned off. That's our testimony. We don't mind telling you about the goodness of Jesus. We don't mind telling you to just trust God and he'll come through for you. We can be real spiritual as long as it doesn't cost us anything. But the Lord requires us to put our heart and our hands where our witness or our testimony is. He requires us to put love in motion. I believe to love mercy means unconditional love in action. No questions asked. Just do it because God said so. Well, we know the end of the story about the 5,000. The Lord took the five loaves and two fish, looked up into heaven, and gave thanks to God. He made the disciples sit the people down in groups and feed them. And they had plenty left over. Why? because God provided. Lesson 101 is to go into all the world, teach, preach, and baptize. Lesson 201 is showing and extending mercy. It's all connected. We can't do one and not the other. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. As I close, I'd like for you to listen to the lyrics of a song that was popular almost five decades ago, yet it is so appropriate for these times that we're living in today. If you listen to the voice in the background, you'll hear the essence of 
the message. And it's one asking for God to have mercy. It's a song that was sung by Marvin Gaye. And I just find it so interesting how time really does catch up with us and appears to start all over again. Whoa, oh, mercy, mercy me. Oh, things ain't what they used to be now, now. Where did all the blue skies go? Poison is the wind that blows from the north and south and east. Whoa, mercy, mercy me. All things ain't what they used to be. No, no. Oil wasted on the oceans and upon our seas. Fish full of mercury. Oh, oh, mercy, mercy me. All things ain't what they used to be. No, no. Radiation underground and in the sky. Animals and birds who live nearby are dying. Oh, mercy, mercy me. All things ain't what they used to be. What about this overcrowded land? How much more abuse from man? Can she stand there? It is during these times that we are asking for God's mercy, God's mercy for this nation, and God's mercy on his people. Stay tuned for next week. Be blessed, be safe, and God bless you. And let us not forget to extend God's mercy and love to those who we come in contact with.